Welcome back to the Digital Tiny Room, everybody. Hopefully last week's sound problems are in our rear view mirror. I am your co-host, Michael, and I am digitally here, what with us being essentially in some sort of computerized future with my possibly androgynous co-host. No, I don't mean an, like androgynous. I mean like Android-based. Android. Yeah. yeah. Ben, say robot hello, Ben. Hello, Ben. Oh, very good. It's it's a robot I, I, voice. You've done a robot voice. I did there. my best. It's, it's all I had. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, all Ben, right. hello. Have you hello. been have you been watching any trailers this week? I have. Do you do you remember the summer in the nineties, Michael? Uh, I yes. Do you remember like summer blockbusters in the nineties and you know superheroes weren't really as as fully formed as we like to think of them now. Right. Um, they were a little. They were a little bit edgy. Yes, there was a lot of there was a lot of polyester and styrofoam. Styrofoam, yes. Um, particularly, I'm I'm thinking particularly of Spawn. Oh, Spawn was was very very hard edged and gritty and really over the top in in how it does. But I really enjoyed the trailers from the '90s, um, Michael. And I watched the trailer this week. And ben, it hold on a like second. I'm going to interrupt the... you there. Can you do the trailer voice from the '90s? In a world. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to do a whole right. thing, so just just give me a second. Oh, yeah, sorry, am I interrupt? Am I stepping I'm, on a bit? I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you there because I watched the trailer this week and it felt like I was back in the nineties. Um, so, in a world where your sins can be held against you, one man has more than most. This summer, Eddie Brock, who once sought the truth, will fight harder to hide his own. Venom. Yeah, I just thought it was an absolutely ridiculous, over-the-top, very dramatic trailer. I didn't like it. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of Tom Hardy running around the place. It was very silly. It was like he inherited Tom Cruise-ness. Yeah, there was a lot sprinting. of Tom Hardy doing a voice. He likes doing a voice. Yeah, what was what was his weird working class like Boston Chicago mixed tone? Well, that kind of makes what sense like for an Eddie Brock, doesn't it? I, yeah, but it was just really over. I thought he was very silly. Like I, I had a really tough time I'm, with that trailer. I'm gonna take a photo of this guy. Why? Yeah. Everybody's got everybody's got something, and it's just this silly. Like I was just like, uh, uh, I just thought it was very moody, very moody. Um, what Ben and I posted this on Facebook. What I didn't really like about the Venom Venom trailer, Venom, and as you know, getting the stress on words wrong is one of my things. Um, it is. What I didn't like about the Venom trailer was that there's no bloody Venom in it. There's not an ounce well, of Venom. I reckon we're still in post-production and uh, we're just trying to get some hype. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously hype. that's what it is. Um, there is a worry that they haven't settled on what Venom is actually going to look like yet. Um, well, I'd say that's a pretty legitimate thing because they're trying to figure out what they're going to do without a giant Spider-Man symbol on his chest in white. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, uh, do do there are rumors now, Ben? Let me give you a rumor because I have my ear to the ground, as you know. Uh, you are very keyed in. There you go. Look, I've got my ear to the mic. I've got my ear to the mic. Um, Again, Michael, visual bits don't work on audio-based oh, yeah, entertainment. Um, what's his name? Apparently, has been on set. Tom Holland. The Tom Ho- Oh, Tom. Oh, Tom Holland. Tom. Ho- yes, hmm. as you know, getting the stress on words wrong <laughs> is one of your things, also. <laughs> Tom Holland has apparently, allegedly, been on set of Venom. <laughs> okay. Do you think he's just there because it's like, you know, oh, Spider-Man. Because I, I heard another thing where it was like, Sony is like, 
welcome to the new Spider-Man verse where we're building it out. And Marvel has been like, we're not associated with that. Yeah, moody, it's moody like film. Um, <laughs> it's like a couple who have just started going out, and then one of them <laughs> says, "This is my boyfriend," and the guy's like, "What? Oh, wait a, wait we a didn't discuss that in the car. No, um, that's that didn't come up. <laughs> that's, that's I think strange. the relationship between uh, who's the head of Sony, Maria Totoschenkin, couldn't tell, and you. Kevin Feige." I think it's like, oh yeah, this will this will match in with the MCU, and then the MCU yeah. guys are like, will it? <laughs> oh, they're making decisions as a couple about us again. Yeah, oh, that's that's great. interesting. Um, but there was a very distinct lack of um Venom in the Venom trailer. There's a distinct lack yeah. of what's it going to about be about other than you know famous actor Tom Hardy, um, playing a role. Um, I'm assuming disgraced. Yeah, he seems to have gone very method, um, or at least is trying to. And I, I don't, don't think. Ben, any... how would you go method for being controlled by an alien symbiote? No, I think he's gone. Uh, sorry, that's very true. Um, unless he's no, found I'm, alien I'm life. Tom Hardy, <gasps> I'm, I'm Tom Hardy, and I've, you know, I've actually contracted a real symbiote for this role. And why? Why would you ask me that? Why would you ask me where I got it? That's a ridiculous question. <laughs> I, I love Tom Hardy's awkward press interviews. He what, hates them so much. What, what do you mean? What do you mean by that question? Um, it's a symbiote. That's a really good Tom Hardy impression. It's actually I'm not bad, impressed. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. Pretty solid. Um, well, we've Look, had a good, ben, we've had a good a uh, voice ben, copy really, day because... today. Oh, sorry. We talked over each other there. Bit of a flub. No, you had a little bit of a, a jump and I had a little bit of a jump, I'm afraid. Anyway, um, there's not a lot to say about Venom, is there? Really? No, because so they didn't really revealed. give us much to go on. Yeah. On the other hand, <laughs> Ben, there was another yes. trailer which I thought was considerably better. Yes. Which was? I don't know. Do a bit. It's your, it's your thing. Oh, I have, I have to have a bit. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Oh, it's an on-the-spot bit. Oh no, things have gone hard. Wrong. Did it involve? Did it involve spandex? Yes. Did it involve polyester? Uh, probably. Was it very highly dramatic at the start of the trailer? Yes. Yes, I know what trailer you're talking about. This is Deadpool. Uh, you're talking about. You're talking about Deadpool. Um, it was almost like a parody of the Venom trailer. I don't like it. It obviously wasn't timed to be that, but it was quite. Yeah, funny but it couldn't be it, obviously because they can't have seen it. No, but it was quite entertaining to um, to see that contrast, where it was like <laughs> they they kind of made fun of it without meaning to. Um, One of my favorite things about the uh, Deadpool trailer, Ben, was the action figures. Yeah, of course it was. Of course, it was. like what? What else would you? As you know, Ben, I enjoy an action figure. You you love an action figure, and um, a figure of action. This, yes, exactly. And in this trailer, the cable action figure that they used looked like a custom modified Marvel Legends action figure, and that made me very excited. Because you like an L modification even more than you like an action figure. I know, isn't that great? And also, um, surely you notice the Toy Story references that he's written weighed on the feet of the of the action figures. Yeah. It was it was a nice trailer. It's I think I don't know who does the marketing for Deadpool, but they're they're darn good at it. They're yeah. darn good at it. And we're clearly in the era of Josh Brolin because he who, he's going to have quite love, the summer. Who doesn't love Brolin? Everybody loves I'm a, Brolin. I'm a, 
I'm a big Brolin fan. Got a, got a lot of time for Brolin. Some, at least until some allegations come out against him. Uh, well, you know, that, that is such a risk now, isn't it? It's like, oh, I really like that. I, oh, maybe I don't like that actor. Yeah, just Hang I'll wait. I'll wait. A, saying uh, anything. <laughs> I'll wait a three-week to three-month period to see if I like that actor still. <laughs> it's really again, tough. Again, though, with the Deadpool trailer, and I think they do this on purpose, they have managed to make a very good, very interesting trailer. It's a... Uh, it's very popular on the internet, but they've not given much away. No, they never do. That's the thing, because they keep cutting it up with little meta bits, like yeah. um, like uh, action figure off. Action figure off, uh, the, the Bob Ross thing from the, from the previous one. Um, yeah. Very good, very good trailer work, I have to say. Very, very interesting. Deadpool, not fan. my favorite character, as you know, Ben, we've talked about it before. That's fair. It's but I'm quite fair. excited to see this. Yeah, it's, they're good films. The first one was great. I don't know how it's going to do without the same director, though. They changed director. Yeah. So. But, I mean, we'll give it the benefit of the doubt, Ben, won't we? We'll go and see it. Well, I think they changed director for a good reason. I think the the, the original director wanted to go bigger, and Ryan Reynolds said no. Stay small. Yeah. yeah I think he it's... wanted to go blockbustery. I'm very excited to see how they deal with Cable, to be honest. It's, it's, it's going to be a tough one, because he's such a serious easy. character. I know, such a serious character, and I mean, they're straight into addressing that. And yeah, but not—I mean, they've undermined Cable. This is Cable's first big screen appearance, and they've undermined him with the CG arm within the first thirty seconds of his first ever trailer. It was pretty good. So I mean, that's, <laughs> it was pretty good. That's, uh, that that gives me a degree of confidence. I have to say. Yeah, I'm I'm keyed in. I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of trailers, Ben, did you see the trailer for season two of Jessica Jones? No. She's a lady and she has alcohol problems. She still has them? They're still there? Oh, yeah. She still loves smashing and accidentally smashing a, a whiskey glass in her hand. Oh, girl. She, uh, she's it, so strong. It is. This trailer, I assume you haven't seen this trailer. No. Judging by the blank expression on your face. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this trailer looks, this season looks like what season one could have been if season one wasn't great. Oh no! Yeah. Don't now, don't I'm tell not me that. that this is, I'm not saying that this is going to be bad, but it's it's her origin story season. Oh, balls! Uh, one of the best things about it is, it looks like she's going to obviously be looking into, um, who created her and why and what 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 for and how and all that. Mm, yeah. But you know, it might be a, it might be a, a misdirect that might be resolved hope... in an episode or two. Do you think it'll be a classic? Five episode Netflix big twist. Yeah. Turns out the villain I mean, wasn't the villain all along. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, we yeah. saw David Tennant's hands, so we know he'll Ooh. be back. He's got some creepy hands creeping on in. We had a good. Cool. We had a good line where it seems like a rival detective is trying to take over Jessica's um, detective agency, and he says to her, "I'd never take no for an answer," and she says, oh. "That's quite rapey." That well, so, it is. Yeah. Quite topical <laughs> given the current climate. So that that was quite nice topical. Too. Uh, we have Trish Walker. She's back, and she uses Yay! she uses the word sidekick. She says oh, Jessica good. might not think she needs a sidekick, but maybe she does, or something like that. She's just comfortably falling into that role. Look, good for you, Trish. We'll, we'll give it a watch. I I'm looking forward to it. So we'll give Jessica Jones a watch then in a few weeks, Ben. That'll be exciting. Absolutely, I can't wait. Ben. Um, ben. Yes. Ben. Yes. When? Yes. When? You know how you're in Italy. Yes. In deepest, darkest Italy. 
I wouldn't quite refer to it that way. It's quite sunny today. But yes. When does Black Panther come out there? Black Panther is already out here. What? I th- I think I think it's out here. Hang on, let me let me double check that. But I think Black Panther is already out here. So I assume you've seen funny. it then. Uh, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm trying to find a cinema that screens it in English. Surely they um, haven't already dubbed it. Uh, I'm sure they probably have. Oh wow! Um, it's it's a whole country, Michael. Oh, um, millions of them. Upcoming releases for. Yeah, just just give me. Hold on, yeah, okay, this is hang on, let me see. gripping podcast material. Uh, it comes out on Valentine's Day. Oh, so th- here, the middle of the week. It's out the day after tomorrow. Well, I'll, hold on. By the time we upload this, it's out tomorrow. It's out tomorrow. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my my utmost uh, to to go and see it as early as possible. You could go see um, it on Valentine's Day, Ben. You could take a lady or a gentleman, I, whichever you prefer. Or a gentleman, whichever you prefer, because here at Michael and Benjamin's con- podcast, we are pro-choice. Yes. Um, well, ben, that's, uh, that's a different issue, Ben. Oh, let's not make it political. Let's, let's stay, stay out we're, of the political quagmire, Ben. We're, we're talking we're, about comic we're, book stuff. We're, we're pro-partner choice <laughs> ben, shut up for a second stop trying to dig out of this hole you're in um but speaking of quagmires i'm sure you've mm. seen the black panther controversy on the internet this week this week what black was Panther it? internet controversy black panther lost its 100 percent um rotten tomato score oh no yeah how well ben someone gave it a, ne- a negative review who gave it a negative review an irish person Oh, no. Yeah. So the internet has kind uh, of... The internet, there's a bit of backlash against this particular Irishman. His name is Ed Power. I assume that's short for Eddard Power. It usually is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And he writes for Irish newspapers and some British newspapers, but he does appear which, to be an Irishman. Which newspaper did he publish this this slanderous piece I think in? It, here's the thing, Ben. I think it was the Times or the Independent. Some, some oh. uh, one of the left-wing ones. One of the very left-wing ones. Well, um, I mean, very left-wing. Well, by, our st- by, by Irish standards. Yeah. Um, but his review, and this is the interesting thing, his review isn't that negative, really. Okay, he, so are you saying that the internet is losing its mind without fully reading something first? No, I think it's another bloody reflection of the shoddiness of relying on this system that um, Rotten Tomatoes has. He gives it three stars. It's a three stars out of five. So it's not that bad. So it's not... It's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a, borderline not negative. Yeah. But he... I think when the professional critics upload to Rotten Tomatoes and it's a three star, they're allowed to decide if it means negative or positive and he chose negative. Oh. Yes. But... Oh. Now, I've read the review, Ben. It's not a terribly negative review. Um, okay. He seems to complain mostly about it being a bit dull and a bit word heavy and there being not enough super heroics. Oh, okay. So he's just a dope who doesn't understand genres or breaking convention. Here's the thing. I, I don't even know if he's a dope. I mean, he's perfectly entitled to think it's a perfectly fine film. No, no. If the internet has taught me anything, Michael, is that you're not allowed to say anything bad against anything that I like. So, <laughs> you, you haven't know. even seen it yet, Ben. I hope you no, don't I like it. I hope next week we Ben's <laughs> attractions and you're, go- and you're going, actually, yes, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's <laughs> There's fine. no way I'll admit that it's good. It's, if that it's, happens it's because fine. the internet will, will backlash me. <laughs> I'll get a backlashing. Yeah. Um, so, 
it's interesting though. He he he. The guy in question, he doesn't review a lot of movies. He's he's a journalist more okay. than a, a flat out movie reviewer. He only has seventeen or eighteen professional film reviews. So why in Christ's name would you send him to review one of the biggest movies of the year? Well, I don't think Irish newspapers, especially like worthy Irish newspapers, mm. your broadsheets, they don't have a lot of time mm. for um, for comic book movies anyway. Superheroics. Yeah. Um, they like liked Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman! Um, because it had a female lead. I don't, I, I'm not saying that's why, but they did like Wonder Woman. Here's an interesting thing, though. Um, a lot of the backlash against people complaining about Black Panther has been left-wing, right-wing, conservative, liberal thing, Ugh. right? Right, oh, you're with me so far. A lot yeah. of Irish people seeing it aren't that fond of the idea of the fact that we're supposed to support someone who is a hereditary completely a hereditary monarch with complete control <laughs> over the nation <laughs> and we're supposed to be cheering for him do you, do you think there's something in our history that might you know place us in opposition to hereditary monarchies that decide to take things based on bloodlines as opposed to any kind of fair system or democracy you should you could argue that as well one of the other only negative reviews of black panther wow. says um what's all this about hereditary monarchs anyway get elected and then come back and talk to us that's oh, see that's so tricky but it's quite interesting like that has to affect an awful lot of former colonies yeah especially it? former colonies it... that broke away with um violence yeah true revolution or, or rebellion or some such yeah that's oh that's that's an interesting i never even considered it from that angle yeah. it would actually make a lot of sense that irish people would have a bit of a bone to pick with um Hereditary monarchies. Well, it's interesting that you didn't think about it from that angle, even though that was your personal biggest complaint about Inhumans. But you see, I'm well. Yeah, true, true. Oh, oh, am I am I reverse racist? No, am I, I don't am I letting think things slide based oh, on. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? I think as Is well. It, but though, no, it's, it's I think it's much easier to spot when the monarchy, as they were in Inhumans, are caricatures, poorly acted and cheap. Mm. Whereas with Wakanda. That's true. You have charismatic Chadwick Boseman, charismatic. He's very charismatic. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's a lot of the way how royalty can be successful because he's so cool and everyone loves him and everyone wants to be Black Panther. So you go, I yeah. Mean, I mean, it's fine that they don't have democracy. Yeah. Everyone seems happy enough. Ooh. Anyway, look. Ooh. Ben, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see it tomorrow. And we'll that's do a, interesting. We'll do a I, yes, I'll see it. I'll see it tomorrow. In the date. future, tomorrow, on, on it. No, stop that. With stop a man or a woman, or a man and With a, a man woman, if you want. Because we are pro partner Panther choice. You can do whatever you want. Here at the Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Let's let's move on, Ben. <laughs> let's move on and do a topic. What what topic are we doing? Yeah. Do so your... today, um, I want to take a look at a, a particular topic. Um, did you watch Netflix's new series, Altered Carbon? Ben. Yes. 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 Uh, now, ben, hold on. Not all of it. Not all of it. Okay, fair enough. So we're going to go spoiler spoiler light on the... Yeah. What, what episode are you up to? We'll do spoiler, spoiler light. Um, we'll do like we did... What, what was the last one we did where we didn't really spoil it? Discovery. Discovery, yeah. So no no disco. No no disco. No disco spoilers. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, <clears throat> Alter Carbon, for those who haven't seen it, is a, a, a brand new... F- yes, go ahead. I'd just like to tell you that in our house, because as you know, 
Um, my good lady partner has a tradition of refusing to call things by what they're called. In our house, the ah. show is known as Alternate Carbonate. <laughs> and I don't think okay. it's a joke. I think that's what she thinks it's called. But uh, okay. she's sticking with it. And and if I refuse, if I don't call it that, she pretends that she doesn't know what she's t- I'm talking about. So that's you're gonna have right, to okay. say that. Well, well, this week we're we're focusing on alternate carbonate. Yes, or altered carbon if you feel like anything's right. Um, but um, yeah. So for those that don't see it, it's a uh, futuristic uh, dystopia. Well, not dystopia. It's it's a heavily capitalist. Uh, futurist society yeah. lark romp if you will you're right um, there Karl Marx yep yeah, and it centers around it centers around one very particular character uh, Takeshi Kovacs yeah um, and he is uh, a member of a highly trained paramilitary yeah. militia organization called the Envoy and the Envoy um, have very special talents um, they are able to biologically um, without the use of mind-altering substances or physique-altering substances, uh, needle themselves into new sleeves and adapt instantly. If all of that sounds very confusing, it's because yes. um, there's an awful lot of jargon in uh, alternate carbon... Car- carbonate? Alternate carbon. Alternate carbonate, carbonate yes. <laughs> um, so basically, it features around one of our favorite topics here at the podcast, is, uh, is the human consciousness uploadable? Ben, or do you lose you like some something s- in the process? Would you like some sodium bicarbonate? And you're like, no, uh, uh, no, it's not my favorite carbonate. Do you have any alternate carbonates? Do you have any alternate carbonates? Um, uh, polypropylene, <laughs> I think, is a carbonate. Oh, I'll take a polypropylene if you yeah. have it with ice, please. Yes, yeah, one of my favorite uh, carbonates. <laughs> polypropylene, actually, <laughs> sturdy. It's a sturdy. It's a sturdy plastic. It's a, it's a wonderful, Ben, wonderful sorry carbon. to interrupt, but did you enjoy his envoy powers <coughs> in the first episode where he could tell people were coming to get him by hearing them through the wall? And it only features one more time in the entire run of the series. Yes, but it was very much like what Daredevil's powers would probably look like if they decided to visualize them. The, which they did in the first episode of Daredevil and they never made appearance again in the entire episode. Which is the thing I actually like run. about Daredevil because they, they kind of got that out of the way. I thought the Ben Affleck Daredevil leaned too heavily on that. Too heavily on that. Yeah, I think they made him too much of a superhero in the first episode and then when they reviewed that they were like, well, it doesn't really make a lot of sense and we can't really explain why he has superpowers in every single body he beams into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they kind of took that out and they They're made not called it... Bodies, they made it much called more... sleeves. Sleeves, sorry. Uh, yeah, so basically this world is all about um, consciousness and uploading human consciousness and basically every single human being when they reach the age of one in this society yeah. is fitted what, with, with, with what... what bleh, excuse me are fitted with what they call a stack. A stack is like a, a cortical implant that goes at the top of your spine. Um, and it records all your memories, your thoughts, your feelings, basically everything that makes you, you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically every time you die, um, based on good old-fashioned healthcare, uh, you can have a new sleeve. Yeah. Um, and the government assigns you a new body. Um so it's really, really interesting, and it means that nobody has to die. Oh. Nobody has to die. Unless they um, get shot in their, sl- in their stack. Unless their stack is slagged or vaporized. Yeah. Um, and then they get what's called real death. They call it real death. Yeah. So death is a very passing thing in this society. Which is um, good, because it makes violence 
really casual. Yeah, because it, yeah, and it's great for the series. Um, the series itself is a bit over the top, um, but I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I really liked it because um, um, violence against like what we would call killing to them is essentially property damage. Yeah, and there's all kinds of interesting implications in that. Um, like I said, I think the most interesting uh, aspect of the entire series is the the kind of class uh, system and class bias. Uh, now if they have run through ben, it so ben, yes you love a class bias don't you oh i love it i love favorites. it it makes me tick it makes me tick um and the, one of the really interesting things about it is if you're on the working class end of things um you have to take whatever sleeve you're given yeah you can end you up die. on an l one yeah so there's a really horrific moment in the first episode and this is quite spoiler light where a little girl has suffered an accident or died and she's been sent to the government facility that resleeves people and she comes out um, and her parents are much much younger than she is that she's given an older woman's body the woman is about 60 65 odd yeah her parents are about 28 30 at a push and they come out and she's a little girl she's only about six she's seven i think um uh, well, one or two. Which other. is, I mean, um, the, the definition of about six, seven. Yeah, fair enough. Um, was so really, like really no moment. need for me to interrupt you there. Huh? There was really no need for me to interrupt you there to point out that that's, she was six rather that's okay. than seven. You, you wanted to join in. That's fine. That's what we like, do. I like being on the podcast. <laughs> yes, you do, Michael. Yeah, everyone likes having you on the podcast. Um, so yeah, um, it's a really interesting thing. And then obviously the richer elements of that society can buy perfect sleeves with no damage, uh, perfect health. They can buy clones of their original bodies. Yeah, and they um, live up in the sky. Yeah, exactly. And they live up in the sky. They like have flying two cars. casts of society. They have Mets. Is it Mets? Is that what they're called? Yeah. And Grounders is what they're called. Grounders are people who live down in the slop, like everybody else. Yep. And the Mets are the really uh, higher end, upper class echelon of society. Cloud and people. they live in little Olympian islands um, where they spend all their time. And then obviously, the longer you live, uh, the richer you are because you don't fall prey to slag damage. And yeah. um, the really interesting thing is poor people can only use their stack, whereas rich people uh, use uploading to the cloud and they call it needling where you can send your you can digitally back yourself up using satellites yeah that's great um so they have no real debt technically it's pretty smart it's pretty smart but very expensive it's uh, instantaneous backup and it's very expensive so um i thought it was a really good series i think it's a little bit silly in places um but i think it's like it's well first of all it's my favorite genre it's a hard-boiled detective fiction detective in the future, um, the world of tomorrow, today, with cigarettes and trench coats. Yes, um, and Blade Runners. Yes, and Blade Runners. It is very much Blade Runner. Um, but I think it does a, a, a lot more than the original Blade Runner. I think it's a, in terms of plot and dialogue and things like that. I, I, was, I thought it was quite a, a worthy pastiche or homage or whatever in you a, want to call it. In a lot of ways, it has technology and concepts that are much more modern futuristic than Blade Runner could ever be. Even the most recent Blade Runner, by being a... Blade Runner 2049, by being a sequel Mm to 1982's Blade Runner... Yes. um, It could only really have androids and the development of androids as in possibly self-aware holograms. Yes. If you were to introduce this concept to Blade Runner, 
I mean, people in the in the sixties couldn't have imagined a concept like this. Now, someone might prove me wrong and find a book from the sixties where people wrote about saving their consciousness onto discs. Yeah, there are some examples, you know. Are there not not with this? Te- no, not with this technology at all. Um, not not to this level, because the notion of the cloud, I think, is a brand new one. Like it's it's stranger than fiction when you think yeah, about the implications. Like it, it, so, in a lot of ways, even though Blade Runner twenty forty nine is quite new and quite modern, it does have not Blade Runner 2049 basically was the future of 1982 yes whereas Altered Carbon is much more the future of now and it's it's quite interesting so um I really enjoyed it I thought it was a great uh series I thought the soundtrack was kick-ass I thought the lead actor was a pretty interesting dude oh, no. I like that there's like I like that there's two main actors I kind of preferred his uh I don't know how to say this without being racist Japanese. his Asian sleeve his original sleeve yes um, because it, it, it raises all those interesting questions. Sleeve, though? Oh, I suppose his sister is also Asian. Yeah, um, I think that's the most interesting thing about it is these concepts of race and, and gender and stuff are very fluid in this world. <laughs> um, because if you're unlucky, you get stuck in a sleeve that wasn't your original race or ethnicity or gender. Um, oh, ben, remember that time you got stuck into the wrong gender? <laughs> one time it was dark and it's really really hard to see in club bathrooms leave me alone um um yeah and um but it, it's really interesting because he's of but you see the interesting thing about Takeshi is he's already kind of um of various ethnicities yeah. he's Polish and Japanese yeah Takeshi Kovac. Polish yeah he's Polish on his father's side and he's Japanese on his mother's side and then you have um, and then you have noted genre actor Oh, bloody hell. What's his name? Tom, Tomo Penikit. Is that his second? Is that the second sleeve that he takes? No, Tom, Tomo Penikit is Dimitri the twin. Oh, Dimitri. I like him. And Tom, Tomo Penikit, famous genre actor. He's in bloody everything. Yeah, he is. He pops um, up all over the shop. And he is himself a, a, a weird multiracial person. Not weird. Oh, is he's he? not weird about being multiracial, but <laughs> he is. Uh, he's half English, half canadian first nations and then oh wow and then canadian full-on canadian so that's biologically that's mix of stuff. english and first nations and then canadian and now he's playing a russian with yeah a pretty bloody stereotypical and not great russian accent no it was very yes. it was very stereotypical. hello i'm here to take your sticks your sticks will belong to me yes uh yeah it kind of goes more towards the count from Sesame Street Little than bit. one stack, <laughs> two stacks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it had some interesting implications, but I have always enjoyed the genre that this show fits into, which is cyberpunk, which is what I want to talk about today. Okay, Ben. Mm. Do that then. Mm. Yeah. So uh, cyberpunk is what, kind of ben? difficult. What to... even is oh. cyberpunk? <laughs> That's what I was... There we go. Uh, so, it's a very difficult thing to define. Usually, it features around the future. I've rarely seen Cyberpunk done uh, now. Um, and it's it's very different from normal sci-fi in that usually it, it looks at kind of the underside of futuristic societies. You don't often see Cyberpunk set in a normal, happy, middle-class world. Uh, you oh, see hold it on set... a minute, Ben. Are you saying that no- middle-class and happy is normal? Wow. 
how ethnocentric well, okay. are you? Well, there's, there's, there's Christ, me ben. off the podcast. Ben, you if you well want said, to... You might as well have said white there as well. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't revolve around a white, middle-class, happy situation. <clears throat> wow, what a racist. If you or anyone you know would like to audition for Ben's place on the podcast, <laughs> uh, please contact Michael yeah. at Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Um, I assume I've you just can got f- a tweet from Podcast Wanker, even though he can't <laughs> you, possibly have heard this. You can you can get in touch on Instagram or Facebook, and really, it's not that hard to fill my place. I'm not even in the country, um, and I'm a horrible racist. So just let Michael know. Not a racist. If you're not just a, a racist. Kind of cla- and you'll probably just a kind of unthinking classist. Yeah, I am an unthinking classist. That's true. So, defining it is quite difficult. But uh, a Canadian professor um, at the University of Quebec, I think, um, he came up with a a pretty good definition. Um, Cyberpunk is anything uh, that is a combination of low life and high tech. Oh. Um, Which I thought was a a pretty good definition. So, it's kind of a... A spiritual or futuristic successor to hardboiled detective fiction, where you you live in the the really bustling parts of a city, the really gritty, um, hustling parts of a city, and you you kind of see the effect that the future has had on the criminal element of those cities mm. um, more than anything else. And then I think more importantly, when you want to define what um, cyberpunk is, you kind of have to look at human augmentation. I think that's a big robot uh, arms element yeah exactly robot arms or ocular implants or robot legs or stacks a robot Um, elbow or or you can look at the replacement of human beings so you have blade runner for example which and they're slowly being phased out by replicants yes um in the 2049 world um Mm. and i think always one of the key elements to any cyberpunk is is the clash between uh the haves and the have-nots so some people can afford a high-end upgrade to their arm. Other people can afford a, a, a low-end upgrade to their arm. And a you, you see that clash. cheap elbow. Yeah, between things like that. But it, it, it really looks quite carefully at future economics. <laughs> and at, um, I suppose, class more than anything else. Because race seems to, to usually fall off the map in cyberpunk. Yeah, that's good. Uh, here and there. Um, so it is way more focused on people that have money and people that don't and, mm. and that kind of whole thing. Um, I think one of the most interesting elements of Blade Runner 2049, despite not being that successful, is how badly Kay is treated, despite yeah, excelling at his job and, and following. He's always called a, is it a skin job? Is that the he's a skin job? Yeah, he's a skin job. So that's like, it's interesting how human beings, are, despite not being racially motivated, still look for something to demean or look for something to, to put down. So, um, and even, even Cyberpunk for Ryan, Ryan Goosling, who is who famously is attractive. Gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Famously attractive man. Just gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, the, like, I mean, the history... It? No, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't help too much. So the history of Cyberpunk is kind of more difficult to, to nail down. As a genre, it's an unusual term. Um, I think a couple it of academics have laid... cyber and punk. And punk, yes. So it's two um, So... Ben, the first. Does that mean yeah. it's a genre hybrid? It is a genre hybrid, Michael. Well oh, done. That's why you're so excited. Okay, now you know I, how now I love. Good. You know, I love an L genre hybrid. Uh, so the first official, like the the kind of canon text mm-hmm. for cyberpunk, is a book called Neuromancer. It was written by a man called William Gibson uh, in 1984. I know. Ben. Um, oh, you're not telling me. No. This is where you're. Sorry, doing I'm not it. telling you. It's it's for the people that listen for to the, the podcast. Yeah, Would yeah. you like so, to fill people in on what Neuromancer is? No, sometimes because I'm not. 
sometimes I forget that you. It's, oh. a it's kind of a rhetorical device where you tell me and I pretend that. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, please, please tell everyone a little bit about Neuromancer because I don't know that much about it. And you, being much better versed in literary science fiction, I think would probably. I'm actually not Ben. I've never read Neuromancer. Oh, nuts. Okay, never mind. So um, anyway, this I don't have much to say about it. Unfortunately, I didn't look it up that much, but it's it's recognized as kind of the cultural touchstone for the beginning of that genre. Right. Um, but then we have some debate because way, way before 1984, there was a book called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep mm. by a man called Philip K. Dick, which I have read. Um, and that is the text uh, that loosely inspired um, Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, and I think when you look at the origin of the aesthetic for uh, cyberpunk, it all comes from the original Blade Runner movie. Um, right. That huge, towering, monolithic future city made of concrete with flying cars and neon. So neon. much neon. Neon. Um, Asian text. Asian text. Everything. Rain. All comes from Blade Runner. Um, it's it's kind of difficult now to look at Blade Runner and see why people were so amazed by it. But when you realize that it's kind of the origin for that whole aesthetic, you realize that nothing like that had come along before and so it, it has really inspired everything but that's inspired everything from um ghost in the shell to altered carbon that we've seen there's a new one coming out uh on netflix next month it's a movie called mute um which again follows that flying car towering concrete block thing so like cyberpunk as a genre or rather the origin of cyberpunk in blade runner has has shaped an awful lot of how we look at the future and ben, um, one of yes. the one of probably the best things about um, alternate carbonate is the fact that budget has caught up with the past. That oh, absolutely! Like a TV show now can afford alternate carbonate looks as good in its dystopic um, cyberpunky future mm -hmm. as the original Blade Runner did. Yeah, it's it's right. Like it's everything fits. It's it's not cheap at all. I don't know. Netflix seems to do that perfectly well with most of their shows. I don't think I've they, ever seen a show on Netflix that has a, a low cheap feel to it. They make their budgets go a long way for sure. Yeah, um, it's not there. It's not your ABC's Inhumans Styrofoam Palace uh, thing with painted white everywhere which is supposed to signify wealth and royalty yeah like there's uh, and there's like a lot of variation in scene structure as well in the altered carbon like you see a lot of different settings a lot of different sceneries you know it's, it's quite impressive um and i think probably the best thing about living in the age of of editing and post-editing and post-production that we live in is that you can now take those bigger fantasy and sci-fi concepts and, and make them a little more grounded when you want to show them Having said that, though, it's it's not... It it does. It looks like a movie. Yeah. It's incredibly cinematic. It doesn't look um, like a top-budget movie. It doesn't look like... It doesn't look as good as Blade Runner 2049. Well, I mean, there's a limit to how much you can put into 10 episodes or something, isn't there? That's what I'm saying, though. It's... Uh, yeah. It's... let Let's take a little detour, Ben. Back sure. through um, Cyberpunk TV. Oh yeah, let's. What what do you what do you think of that, Ben? Have you have you ever seen the TV show Almost Human? Yes, I have. You have? No, hold on. Not being human. No, no. Almost, almost human. human. The the Carl uh, Urban. Almost human. Yes, Urban or Urban? 
urban, I think is how it's supposed to be said. But let's say sticking urbane. with our tradition of urbane. Ah, Carl Urbane. So, almost human, twenty fourteen. Um, yes, it starred Carl Urbane. I can't remember the character's name. John something. Yeah. And uh, he lives in a future where um, androids, replicants, whatever you want to bloody call yeah. them, have replaced... Played by Michael Ely. Have replaced... Yes. They've replaced um, most cops because dun, they're dun, replaceable dun. and they're, yeah. they're cold and they're logical. And in the show, um, he is almost killed um, when his replicant, sorry, android um, partner refuses to save a human from a shootout because the human had a low chance of surviving anyway yeah so uh, your your classic irobot scenario where will smith is is saved because the little girl had less of a chance of survival exactly and and then he almost gets killed anyway and he comes back and then when he comes back he refuses a partner so he's partnered up with a different model of android the drn model which is a previous model, isn't it? It's an older it's a model. previous model who could feel they were closer to human. They were almost human, as it were. My God, that's the name of the show. It's eponymous. Exactly. <gasps> and then he, he's partnered up with Dorian, Dorian, and they have adventures <laughs> in cyberpunk. And there's rich people and there's poor people. There's no flying cars, though. No. And you know why there's no flying cars, Ben? No budget? Exactly. It was 2014, so cyberpunk cars were just cars from now with plastic bits stuck on them. Probably polypropylene. And neon. And neon. Pro- pro- probably. So it's, it's, your classic, it's your classic cyberpunk with, without the budget. It's grim and gritty streets that are basically just real streets with some neon mm. and some Asian writing. Everybody yeah. eats noodles. It's, it's very inspired by... And it's a good show, actually. It's very inspired by Blade Runner. That's it's quite good. The, dy- the dynamic between those two was was quite good. I mean, it, there was nothing exceptionally original. I think what went horribly wrong with Almost Human is they they had filler episodes. Yes. So I think what was what was great about Altered Carbon for me is that it's it's a ten episode run, mm-hmm. and we love a mini series here at the a podcast. Tight ten. A tight ten. Um, and more importantly, it really just features around that story. Like they don't diverge off the central story to give you little details about, you know, they have flashbacks. They have one flashback mm-hmm. episode where you see Takeshi's training as an envoy, which is quite important because everyone's kind of scratching their hair going, what in Christ's name is an envoy? Yeah. Um, and then, um, but like centrally, we focus on that one plot line, that one, uh, case that he's been put on, um, and I think it makes for a much more cohesive kind of uh, easy narrative. Whereas I think Almost Human kept having like, so they kept hinting at a bigger, like it's usual, it's usual network television. They keep hinting yeah. at a bigger subplot and you have to get through all the filler episodes to get to the, the big subplot. And some people love that. But for me, it, it, it kind of ruins series. I don't, like I'm invested in the characters. Give me my payoff. Gimme. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. It's it, it is hindered by the constraints of the network. It's hindered by yeah. having to be a little bit procedural. Yeah, it's it's absolutely procedural. It happens to be procedural with androids, but still, yeah. Um, ben, have you ever seen Total but, Recall 2070? No. Uh, Total Recall 2070 is from the 90s, I think. Ooh. It might have been 2000. Hold on. Yeah, 99. Uh, I'm from the 90s. You're from the 90s, like Total Recall 2070. The interesting thing Mm -hmm. about Total Recall 2070 
is it has almost nothing to do with the film Tog Recall. Oh. Um, it, it's basically uh, an unofficial Blade Runner sequel, TV oh. show. Um, it stars. Oh. It, it has a character called David Hume, and he's a cop in the future. And in the future, um, most cops have been replaced by androids because they're more logical and replaceable than cops. <laughs> so David Hume um, is very severely injured in a firefight with some rogue androids and his android partner is killed so he's assigned a oh, new no. type of android which is an alpha class android and alpha class androids are more human like almost human almost human as you are ben it appears no, that I've... you have a total recall of the previous show oh, i talked about my my goodness i thought you were reading out the same synopsis i was going to well, point I am out ben, to you because i've written down the same synopsis for both shows because they, <laughs> they are the same they are the same show um but uh, Total Recall 2070 is very much a product of the 90s. Yeah. So, I mean, Cyberpunk was huge in the 90s, though. That that aesthetic was was very much, you know, hacking oh, became a buzzword in, in 90s TV. <laughs> hacking was, was, was the shiz. It was just like, oh, let, can, we, can we hack it? Yeah, but we need to go find someone who knows how to... We need to find a hacker. Yeah, well, we find one. He's the best. He's really hard to find, but, but oh, he's covered in Cheeto dust. Oh. Ben, you've just yeah. um, described the plot of Star Wars uh, The Last Jedi. Oh, did I? Yeah. Have you not seen that? No. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the, no. Whole, that's the whole Benicio Del Toro plot. I, I think it's, I think it's anyway, probably time for me inter- to tell you, Michael, that... My my other job outside of this podcast is that I go and I sit in a room in Hollywood and I just blabber and they take down notes and they put them into various blockbusters. Anyway, Ben, if I can bloody finish a thought without being interrupted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> See, that's, that's a kind of ironic statement because that's what I do to you all the time. I'm, I'm, aware of that. I'm aware of the irony of that. Too. You're a very self-aware co-host. Um, Almost so, human. Om- almost human. Almost <laughs> blade recaller. <laughs> the the interesting thing about Total Recall is it has an almost identical premise to um to Total to Total to Almost Human, but it was ten, fifteen years earlier, and budget was non-existent. Uh, mm. It's 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 shot basically dark to hide the fact that they don't really have a cyberpunk setting. They have normal rooms, so they just shoot everything in the dark. And then yeah. highlight the occasional. I mean, it's not a good show, unfortunately. Oh, um, no, it's kind of hard to watch with modern eyes. But what's interesting, I, I just think that the three of these, the, these three shows, the Total Recall 27, Almost Human, and then Altered Carbonate, Alternate Carbonate, make a nice progression of how we see, not necessarily storytelling or the concepts developing, although certainly Alternate Carbonate is conceptually... I would say more advanced than either of the previous okay. two, yeah. but it's TV budget basically catching up with the ideas, and it's working now. Yeah, a little better because it can do that. Exactly. Okay, you're more immersed. Yeah, so that that kind of brings me on to the next thing. I don't I don't know if you've noticed, but like as as we said, 80s and 90s were kind of cyberpunk era. Yeah. Like that was that was when this big thing was happening. Funnily enough, you keep mentioning Japanese writing and things like that. That actually reflected the kind of Asia phobia of America at the time where everyone was saying that, you know, in in 30 years the Japanese and the Chinese are going to take over the market and we'll exactly. all be speaking Mandarin, all yeah. that crap. Um which has which has turned out to be completely facetious and false. Um but at the time, 
that that was a really real concern. So you see a lot of like Asian advertising and Asian fonts and, you know, um, throughout a lot of these series. And everyone eats noodles because apparently the Japanese took over or the Chinese took over at some point. And, and we all do that now. Um, bear in mind, it's ben, quite noodles funny. are delicious. Noodles are delicious. No one, no one was arguing that ramen isn't doesn't hit the spot because lordy lordy does it. Um, it's it's wonderful. Um, we love an old ramen. Um, but it's Italy. kind of it's kind of interesting that yeah, I can't. They, they actually already. There's actually a police squad downstairs um, <clears throat> waiting to take me out. This is my last podcast. Um, but yeah, it's um, really interesting that that kind of reflected that, and then it kind of fizzled out, um, and it wasn't as hip. As it was, but now, especially this year and last year, 2017 and 2018, there has been a, a kind of a an, an uptake in, well, well, in you cyberpunk. Say that, ben. You say that Blade Runner 29, 2049 was a, an, a failure, an unmitigated no, I, financial failure. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, um, there definitely seems to be buzz around alternate carbonate. Yeah. So I think we're going to I'm more interested. that does. What, but in two weeks there's one coming from duncan jones called mute and that's another cyberpunk one set in an almost identical world to alternate carbon yeah. and <laughs> damn it it's stuck um to altered carbon and to blade runner 2049 um duncan jones by the way is the man who did the wonderful uh, movie uh, moon and then the awful world of warcraft um, yeah, world of warcraft film. was not good it was terrible did really well in asia apparently um but uh, yeah, so Duncan Jones is back um, in something he's probably a little more comfortable in, um, which is the the future dystopia. Um, but I want to know why there's suddenly a push in Hollywood or or LA or La La Land or whatever you want to call it um, to make cyberpunk again. What's why? Why are people writing cyberpunk stuff? Why is it being adapted again? Because Altered Carbon is adapted from a series of novels, oh. um, or one novel. I think it might just be one novel. Um, because Hollywood doesn't have original ideas. Um, they ooh. adapt things. That's what they do. Um, well, I don't think that's unfair. I think it's ooh, quite I common. said, ooh. Um, yeah, but um, I'm kind of curious as to why. Uh, source code. Yeah. With Jake Gyllenhaal on a train. Oh, no way. It wasn't really on a train. It wasn't really Which, on a train. It was in his mind the whole time. There was cyberpunky was elements to the ending of that as well. Oh, were there? Yeah, have you not seen it? No. Oh, shit, I punched the table. Sorry, Ben. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's your homework, Ben. Your homework is watch uh, Source Code. It's pretty good. Pun- punch the table for homework? That's no, not punch the table. table. <laughs> no, it's bad for listening. Uh, source Code, Source Code. Watch uh, Source Code. It's good, Ben. I, I, I will do that. Could it yeah. possibly be a reaction to bright and colorful superhero films? I think... Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even consider that, Michael. But yes... I think that could be. I think it might be a really nice middle finger to all the humanist crap that's been popping up um, everywhere. Um, I think by, it might be. What do you mind? Uh, humanism? So, humanism is kind of the the exhalate or the uh, extolling the virtues of, of being human. That's Not a good show. Human. That is a good show. Be, being human is a great show. Um, BBC Three, solid little uh, mini series there. Season four wasn't great. No. Ben, did you watch the yeah. Channel 4 Robot People show? The name of which the, I've forgotten. Uh, oh. Uh, I think it had the word human in it again. I think it did. Gemma Chan I was in it. I think it did. 
Gemma Chan was in it and they were again it was it was very black mirror-y that yeah. show I recall um, very black mirror-y you just keep talking um, there Ben I'm gonna keep uh, talking quite difficult to watch but anyway um, I think it's a response to all the, the humanism uh, stuff it's actually called humans yeah the TV show is called humans there you go there you go um, humanism is this brand new well it's not brand new at all it's, it's very scientific it's very secular it's very uh, by the way I should point out that I'm not religious at all I just don't like thinking of humans as the best thing ever. Um, I'm quite, I'm quite misanthropic in that way. Um, mm. But humanism is this idea that humans have infinite potential and that we're, you know, instinctual or by by birth better than everything else and all this stuff that you see. Um, and I find that quite entertaining and I find it quite silly because it, it lacks that practical element of, of human nature where you're like, not all human beings are great. Not all, you know, there are some bad eggs out there in the world. Um, bad eggs um, and Harvey Weinstein. Harvey, some you got your Weinstein's. Kevin Spacey. You got your you got your Spaceys. You got yeah. your 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 Tarantino deniers. You got your you know you you got you got all this. You got your Damons looking after Weinstein's, looking after Weinstein's, looking after Damons. It's like yeah. you know the world's a bit murky. Um, and I think Cyberpunk is a really nice slap to the face in all that, where you kind of realize very often what's what's extolled there is is the robot. Um, the robots seem to be a more human element than than the humans themselves. Yeah, um, that's a very good point. Um, like like Kay and like Dorian. Yeah, they're because they're so logical and so rational. They see humans for what they are, which are which are animals that have grown very smart, and that's that's fine. But that personally, for me, is what I like. Monkeys, um, driving but cars. I think I think it's also the absence of religion. I think that humanist kick has become a huge uh, thing because religion or secularism, secularism is on the rise and, and religion is is uh, waning, certainly in the Western uh, world. I, I couldn't say for, for other parts of the world. but um, And I think especially when, when God kind of gets taken out of the picture, um, you tend to look for other things. I think one of the most interesting characters in Altered Carbon is, is Lung um, because he serves... Uh, longer living um sleeves mm-hmm. and worships them like gods mm. he looks at them as if they're they're gods um because he feels that they're the new breed of god they live a very long time they have infinite power at their disposal um and he worships them so it's kind of an interesting thing i don't know um but i think that's why cyberpunk is very popular right now um and i think future prediction is very popular right now and i think more more than all of that i think the idea of living for as long as possible is starting to gain a lot of ground in how we talk about things yeah um in a lot of like we're heading heading into bloody theoretical murky here, yeah but you, you're like there's a there is a chance ben that we will be the last generation not to be immortal which is a real shame for us uh well i'd say i'll probably make it I don't have my, Michael and Benjamin's though. podcast 2089. Yeah, and it'll be uh. you'll be a robot. I'll have a robot wrist, but everything else will be original. So people will be like, "Whoa, he's amazing!" Oh, I'll have a robot that's beard. Cool. Yeah, that'll be that's pretty cool. Really cool. Nanite beard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and it'll nice. It'll actually be lots of Wi-Fi antennas, so I'll be able to connect to oh. the Wi-Fi or whatever whatever Wi-Fi is. Then Ben. <laughs> yeah. God there, knows. It's probably in our blood at that point. If there really um, is an internet. Yeah. Anyway. I think we're out of time, Michael. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, so, 
let us know what you think. Why why do you think do you like Cyberpunk, first of all? Uh yeah, what Cyberpunk oh, do you like? Oh, it's rhetorical again, you're not asking me. I do though, <laughs> like if, since you're asking. Yeah. Uh, sorry, enough. sorry for stepping on that bit, Ben. Do you want to start again or we'll uh just No, this is for the commenters, likers, subscribers, mm-hmm. haters, whatever. Um if you have a favorite cyberpunk kind of fiction, let us know what it is. Would you live forever? Would you listen to the podcast in 100 years' time? Um, let us know down below. If you like what we're putting out, um, give us an L, give us an L, like, yeah, subscribe. It, if or- you're listening to this in 150 years, do try to contact us and see if we have become robots. We'll, I'll, I'll still be around. I just won't be in this form. Yeah. Um, He'll be a lady. I'll, I'll be a lady. Um, more than likely. Probably. Anyway, um, can't wait to see Black Panther tomorrow. Um, we'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, Ben. Ben's heading off on a date now in a flying car. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Good. Stop. <laughs>